Spartans! What is your profession? Welcome to Wolverine Nation. I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and I say what needs to be said. Global leader in military combatives. 45 martial arts world titles. Renowned actor, writer, and a malicious warrior with brutally honest opinions. This may step on some people's toes. If it does, then you're a special kind of stupid. (laughs) (laughs) This is America's Sheepdog. Kicking it with the Wolverine. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are with the Legend Show. This is Wolverine, and it's my honor to introduce to you the host of our show, the owner and operator of the Sport Karate History Museum, Professor Gary Lee. Professor, you there, sir? Aloha, Wolverine. How the heck she are you? you? Oh, stop. I'm doing great. Doing great. Hope, hope you are as well. Well, I appreciate you taking time, not knocking people out to put us on the radio. God bless you, buddy. You're very welcome. <laughs> that uh, was a joke, you know, because uh, I don't want you knocking anybody out. Well, the thing of it is, is we do that, you know, uh, like the last show or show before last, somebody got knocked out and I had to give them stitches while we were doing the show. So, on this end, it's just yeah, okay, yeah, because so, but but yeah, we we got a we got a house full of military guys in there training right now. We got a group we're getting ready, so uh, just let that be a warning to everybody. So uh, that's what's taking place here. But other than that, we're looking forward to a great show. You got a great guest, and we look forward to hearing from the voices. So, Professor, uh, you can do your thing and and bring on the guest and start your interview whenever you're ready. You bet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're proud to be on the Wolverine Nation and have the legend show because this is a really important era of life. We've been through the heyday of Sport and we've seen it grow. And the new thing about the Sport Karate Museum is that we're progressive. And the neat thing about this show is we get the movers and the shakers on this show. And we get to talk about the hard subjects of what they've done. And then tonight, not only I have the voice all around America, I have a very special guest. He is someone that together, along with World Black Belt, Black Belt, Bob Wall, Adam James, Casey Jones, David Craigs, a good dear friend of Bob Wall. We have him on the air tonight. And I get to interview him personally. David, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Aloha. Aloha, big guy, brother. Right. Listen, let's start with, because you got such an incredible history. Let's talk with, what year did you make Black Belt uh, under who? Yeah, I, I studied under Aloha. Solomon Kayavalu for uh, 50, almost 54 years. And, uh, well, I've been with the system for 54 years before he passed away three years ago. And uh, 
but I got my 10th degree with him. Um, and I started back in 1973 with him. So it's been a, wow. quite a journey, quite a journey with him. It is. You know? Well, you know what I'm it, really excited about? I got to share it. You're coming to Houston in October 6th and 7th. You're coming particularly for a couple of reasons. One, you're a history general of the sport club. Two, you're going to be talking about one of our, you're, you're my best friends, the great Bob Wall. What was Bob Wall to you, David? What what kind of friend was he? Bob was the kind of guy. He had he he had two sides of him. They, uh, you know, not many people got to to be with him twenty four seven like I did. Um, I was with him for a little over twenty five years, and uh, I managed building his uh, his his properties that he managed and owned, and I also ran World Black Belt with him as a senior vice president a few years to get to that point but you know he taught me a lot he was a mentor in a lot of ways but bob was the kind of guy that you know either he liked you or he didn't like you <laughs> it was all yeah. it was black and white it was just the way he was the way he was he was uh born i guess you want to say that but you know david of- i miss the you know what david i miss the two o'clock and the three o'clock in the morning call Ask me if I'm up. Uh, you know, and the the smartness of him of being able to help me through the years build the sport product of the way it is. You know, I appreciate mm-hmm. it deeply. Now, you do something now. You have a gym, and you actually I have a gym. Teach. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I do. Where, where's it located at? Where's it located at? Well. Bob is in Tarzan. I'm over here in Oga Park, and uh, I'm in a facility about 2,000 square feet inside a 100,000 square foot uh, club, athletic club, and I have uh, I have boxing program going on. Got Rafael Ruelas, who's my boxing coach from a lightweight champion of the world, who's now teaching boxing students. Uh, I've got uh, a couple of my who have who ventured into the kickboxing world and Muay Thai world. They owned a lot of. They've managed to get several titles and with me now. Some of my students have been with me for 20 years and uh, and uh, or, or one longer. But you know they end up teaching for me after a period of time. And yeah. I'm not like I used to be when I was younger. But you you want to have these kids. You mentor them. And you want them to do what you did, and give them the knowledge that you have have attained throughout the years. And I mix my stuff with my Hawaiian lua, so my fighters, in my mind, uh, some of the aspects of it. Even though we have to wear gloves, it's a little different, but we're able to to accomplish the same uh, the same concepts and mindset the way uh, a fighter would 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 uh, enter the ring. And yes. In fact, I have a big yes. show coming up next week. Well, you know, David, I want to say publicly a big, big thank you because of you, Shannon Hall, the Olympic gladiator that was on Fox, all American gladiators, is coming oh, to receive her honorary black belt. She'll have a booth. 
to be signing autographs. I'm excited about meeting her husband, too, because he's a heavyweight boxer. But thank you, mm-hmm. David, for, for bringing her no, to no, the table. I, I, Shannon and I go way back to American Gladiator days. Well, and together, I, together yeah. we'll give her an honorary black belt from the Sports mm-hmm. Rock Museum Friday night, so that would be very special. But, David, yeah. listen, buddy. Listen, don't go nowhere because I'm going to bring you back at the end of the show. Sure. And we're going to play the Legends Name Game. This is where I hit you with the name and you get to talk about it for a couple of minutes. And we'll hit as many names as we can to close out the show. Okay, buddy? So don't go nowhere. Okay? All right. Don't worry. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to you. the great David Craig, my dear friend, uh, pioneer martial arts and the sport karate museum and we'll bring you back in just a few minutes now what is the business uh first of all i'll give this talking to back to wolverine so he can introduce uh what we're going to do with the voice wolverine here's the talking stick i'm sorry but i guess all right yeah no no problem no problem professor all right yeah so uh professor this time it's time for our segment called the voices and it's time to bring in the first voice and uh hit them with your topic so sir the talking stick is back to you well thank you wolverine means a lot uh a few years ago i had a vision about putting america together across from east coast to west coast from west coast to east coast and I've got to accomplish it with this segment called The Voices. And these are five incredible martial artists, well-known, and they give their opinions on the topics that we talk about each week. Now, the first one is a lady of the group. She's a PKL champion, trained in Okinawa Shoryu Karate and Kung Fu Now. She will be at the Legends this year, October 6th and 7th, when we honor Jerry Smith, Terry Herman, and Mike Stone will get his 10th degree black belt from five different organizations. Terry will also be doing a Tai Chi seminar on Friday. So with my dear, dear excitement, I need to here, introduce Ms. Karen Slatcher. Karen, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. How are you, honey? Oh, I took a nap. I'm feeling great. Well, that's cool. Take a nap. Everybody oh, it was a, good. <laughs> everybody needs to smell the roses, hear the rain hit the roof every now and then. That's cool. That's right. That's right. It, it is absolutely necessary and therapeutic sometimes. Yes, ma'am. Well, tonight we have an interesting topic or discussion. Here we go. Real technical technique, however, used in a real situation. What would you use and why in a real situation? Okay. And why that particular chosen technique you have in your karate arsenal of abilities. Have you ever been on a street confrontation before where you really had to 
use your martial arts? Uh, in a bar, yeah, in a the ladies' room and in a bar one time I did. And uh, it was just get their hands off of me and leave. I was not about to get into a real fight. But I made sure as I removed her hand from my shoulder that she didn't use that hand for a little while. Um, we used to call it the cross hand grab where you would reach across and your thumb would be on the outside of the hand and the rest of your fingers were wrapping around the side. And then you just begin to circle and twist. And you bring that uh, palm up and you continue. And it's very painful, very easy, but very painful. And because I was a kickboxer, you never ever just throw or use one technique. So what I would do would be to take the cross hand grip, uh, do the wrist lock, and as I finish the wrist lock, I would take the palm heel right up to the face, up to the nose, and then I would take an ear off on the way down. Just Ouch. very quick. Well, hey, <laughs> lots of earrings, you know. I don't fight. I don't bother anybody because I, I don't see the point. I was not raised to be a, you know, to be a scrapper like that. So if somebody's coming at me, I have to assume they want to hurt me. And then yeah. it's, that's it. That's the end of it. There's no more discussion. I will take your ear off if that's what it takes. So, well, you're anyway, a mean, pretty woman. You're a yes, mean, pretty woman. Yes, I am. I certainly well, am. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom. It's one of my it's one cool. of my plus points. <laughs> now, no, when you you know what Thai, I'm saying. When you do the Tai Chi seminar in Houston in October, are you gonna be able to work with advanced people too that maybe know? Absolutely. What I'm showing yes, I'm showing a set that was developed mainly for karate people to learn Tai Chi very quickly just to give them a taste because it's very it's very hard to cross that bridge if you are a, a hard stylist to suddenly work into a tai chi mode so this is a kind of a bridge and it's it's very simple and it's very repetitious but by the time you've done it all the way through it feels wonderful it's great so it's, it's well, can't, for all wait. Sides. can't wait can't wait can't wait to okay. see ya can't wait to I hug can't ya either. All right, I have hugs coming from all around the voices. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye, honey. Bye, Auntie. Now, we're going to do two more voices, and then we'll take a commercial break, and we'll bring you back, Mr. James uh, Moore, and, of course, my Uncle Jerry Smith. Now, the next person on the voice, this man I've known since he moved to Orange Belt. In fact, I coached him to the underbelt. World Championship in ski in the NBL circuit back in the day. But now he's a major black belt. Major, I mean, he is the president of the AOK, the largest sport karate association in Texas. But all that's cool, except for what's really cool, he's won the MVP, the Golden Greek, over five times. Heck, it took me 17 years to win just one. This guy is a mentor now for me. I listen to it. I listen to his wisdom running the largest association in Texas. I listen to him because he's got wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. 
I'd like to bring on Mr. David Chambers. I call him D for short. D? Yes, sir. I'm getting better on the introductions, aren't I? Oh, my money's worth it. The money I paid you is worth it. <laughs> okay, here we go, big guy. Real technical technique. However, used in a real situation. What would you use and why in a real situation? Why that particular chosen technique you have in your karate arsenal or ability? Have you been in an extreme situation before, D? I have 1.5 times that it happened. Uh, and <clears throat> the point five was the best one. The point five, it escalated as high as it could be, and then I ran and then I ran away. Uh, I found out to be that it was the best martial art I ever used. Because uh, when I when I got away from it, he wasn't damaged, I wasn't damaged. There was no news report on it. There was no <clears throat> no incident report. It was simply I got called a few names because I ran away, and <clears throat> but yet. That was I, I categorized that as the best, best altercation I've ever been in. Now I had one alter that that was the point five. I had one altercation that I really disliked because I did do physical uh, contact. I was I was involved with quote unquote my best friends, and at that time I was we was in we called skipping from school, and we was all out college people, quote, unquote, having fun, and they was all drinking, which I don't drink, but they was all drinking, and so they decided that they were going to compel me to drink alcohol, and it sounded fun at first. It sounded like a joke at first until they act, two people grabbed me on one arm, and then one grabbed me on the other arm, and then the third um, a third person that was on the other side was pulling me as the fourth person was walking up to me with, a, with an alcohol bottle, and he had the most that he was going to pull the alcohol down my throat because they was pulling me to hold me back in that formation. Now, well, again, the average person, I'm pretty sure, probably would have enjoyed that. I'm sure they thought it to be a, a joke. But then I chose not, not to drink alcohol. That was being my choice uh, back then as well as it is now. That's my choice not to drink. Then it wasn't a joke to me. It was, it was, it was, it was danger to me. And because they was holding me in a, in a position where, quote unquote, I didn't have any hands. Then the the truest technique that, that everybody loved came into play, a basic side kick. When I placed a side kick on one person's upper thigh that slid down to their knee, and then risk for defense number one on one side, it even affected the person on the other side because he just ran away. Everybody then smiled and dissipated. Uh, one person was slightly injured, but Again, everybody moved away quickly. So I say again, I, that saved me because that was something dangerous to me because I don't want to drink and didn't want to drink. But I go back to, I want everybody to hear one thing. The point five was the best altercation I ever got into. That was the one that I ran away from. And that's what I want to leave it with. Well, I got someone on the, on the he's, he's now my official co-host of this. Breck, are you there, buddy? Brett, where'd you go? I was going to introduce Brett to you, he, David. Who's, 
Is it uh, Master Mills? Frank Mills, he's my coach. Yes. Well, I do. I would love another introduction. I had, I'm so pleased that you introduced him to me. I find him to be fantastic of an individual. He's respectful. He's a go-getter. Uh, uh, he's, a, <clears throat> he's a hard worker. He came to my event and worked like a Hebrew slave all this long, and, and he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. I'm so, he was on so the pleased that you introduced me. He's still on that press. He probably go help somebody. I'm sure he would go help somebody. I know that's what he did. Okay, well, I tell you what, we'll we'll bring him on in a few minutes. I want to go to the next voice before I introduce James Warren, Uncle Jerry Smith. The next voice, well, all I can say is golden. That's what he is to me because he turned the Sport Card Museum webpage into a, well, we had over 6,000 hits last month because of what the work he's done. He's a professor, a 10th degree belt, an old-timer that knows everybody and everybody knows him. He hard works. And because of his ability of being married to a beautiful lady, Anna, they're going to do, well, they ask permission from the which is really cool. They're going to be, Anna's not Tom, <laughs> but Anna's going to be performing a real hula for the ladies in my stone. I'm so excited about introducing this man. That's why I kind of ramble off. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but he's done so much in the past few months for the Sport Karate Museum. I'm proud to introduce part of the voices, Professor Tom Spellman. I'll be there, buddy. Yes, I am, Gary. Thank you. I get rambling and talking. I get, I get tongue-tied. I'm so sorry, but I had to brag about Anna a little bit and uh, what you've done. To bring him That's up okay. I do it all the time. I hear you, buddy. Well, technical technique, buddy. What would you do in a real situation and why? And have you ever been in a situation before? Well, with confrontations uh, in the daily news and on the rise, like uh, San Clemente U.S. Marines being assaulted by a gang of teenagers recently uh, down in uh, southern Orange Orange County, um, it seems to be an ever-changing landscape of uh, violence with the perpetrators evolving as well with, um, you know, various different uh, new ways and, and new formats. I was born and bred in the Los Angeles County city of Long Beach, California, and uh, it was a diverse mixture of peoples, including a large variety of Latino, African-American, white, and one of the largest Cambodian populations outside of Cambodia itself um, that has grown uh, exponentially in the city. I personally experienced a low rate, however, of issues growing up amongst any of the groups other than my own uh, group. Uh, uh, despite where I worked or lived during my youth and my young adulthood. In fact, I was, uh, I was targeted by the white supremacist youth gang uh, during that time, to, and they would send their proposed new members against me to test their mettle uh, by confronting me on campus or on my way home. Uh, so that was, that was an interesting little uh, aside. 
I had my Schaefer scraps in my younger days in the alley surrounding my elementary school, responding to my father's directive that anyone who besmirches my mother or my sister, I was to defend their honor forthwith with my fist. And I, I did the best I could and, uh, you know, kind of went through that as a young, young kid. Most of my confrontations I experienced as an adult, however, were due to having a school on the borderline area between um, the the – uh, downtown area and the bad side of town there in Long Beach, and um, the uh, the walks uh, the borderline area was such that the walk-ins were really really common going down and up and down a major boulevard uh, which was the front of the school, and troublemakers had easy access to me during the day. There were plenty of challenges. The daytime ones were more problematic and somewhat dangerous due to my being alone in the dojo during a business uh, time lull. And the evening fracases centered around sparring class or walk-in challenges on occasion. Generally, I didn't get in fights on the street, even though when I would, I would take, uh, what I would do is I would take long walks uh, late at night from my home downtown uh, through the downtown district and then along the beachfront uh, to where um, I was, you know, basically gone for about three or four hours each night making this long, solitary walk. And nobody bothered me and nobody intercepted me during that whole time, no matter where I went in the city. Uh, of course, keep in mind, I'm 6'5 and 230 pounds, so and I walk briskly with my head on a swivel and don't, uh, don't bother me attitude. So uh, maybe that was you know, part of the reason. As to techniques, my best techniques were my breathing, my centeredness of my hips, and a moon in mind. Moon in is a Japanese word referring to mu the meaning uh, of being empty, nothing, or or non. And then the second half of the word nen in Japanese meaning uh, thought, or uh, as I thought of it, as uh, preconception. Therefore, a Zen expression of uh, a warrior mind, a state of mind, a mind empty of thought, or better, preconception and prejudice, in other words. When confronted by combative stimulus by the body, uh, the body should respond in accordance with the need. First and foremost, my intent would preface the movement such as a laser pointer might preface a flight of the bullet to its target. And the technique consequently would fill the gap. Much of this is predicated on three rules of conduct conduct that I teach and subscribe to. A, don't be there. Don't be there in the wrong place at the wrong time for the wrong reason or with the wrong person. B, choose choice. Reject making a quick, expedient choice that is not based on your moral ethic or beliefs that you can live with for a long term because you will be judged uh, accordingly by the world around you for what you do and what you say, and it will be considered a demonstration of your being, and this may last forever to follow you, so choose wisely. The third one is E to the third power. E stands for engage, so engage, engage, engage. In other words, engage the body, engage the mind, and engage the spirit as a unified entity when a choice has to to be made. Beyond that, I have accumulated hundreds, if not thousands, of various martial arts techniques to choose from, but as my teacher, uh, uh, Sensei Smith, uh, has mentioned in previous shows, it often comes down to those five go-to movements that instinctively uh, animates the body when the spirit calls in times of emergency and conflict. This is no time to go through some magical waza rolodex before acting, obviously. 
But honestly, it can often come back uh, to not being where you uh, don't want to belong or no better than to be there. And to be aware and listen to the small voice within you and use your self-discipline to act accordingly. Predators have become good at what they do. We must be better so as not to be easy prey. And to that, I give you back the talking stick. Well, thank you. By the way, Tom, you sound like a professor. <laughs> and thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you for thank your you. expression and how you feel about these. Now, I want to ask you just real quick. Tell me what okay. Hannah had to go through to do the hula for Mike and the girls October. She had to get permission from the Kumu. Who is the Kumu? What is the Kumu? Okay. Well, her teacher is uh, a really wonderful uh, teacher. Kumu is is the word for teacher. And uh, her uh, uh, hula kumu uh, is a person who had to go uh, from the mainland to Hawaii uh, over years and uh, work with her kumu there, uh, Kumu Raylene, and then eventually uh, be faced against or in front of a group of uh, uh, masters who would then give her the chance to be able to become a full-fledged teacher. And so, you know, there's a lot of tradition, a lot of very, very important stuff. I'm sure David's familiar with a lot of that. And um, consequently, uh, before we could go any further, we had to go to her and find out exactly what was uh, appropriate and what the protocol was and everything else and get permission from her teacher to even do this. It is a song that is um, about... uh, a King Kamehameha, it's a song of three parts, and the hula is actually a hula that tells the story of the main battles uh, of uh, King Kamehameha uh, to gain, uh, to unify the island and become the first unified king of Hawaii. And we're going to put together a, an expl- explanation to watch for, for people to be able to go ahead and access during that so they'll be able to see and understand what's going on and it's got a whole where we're doing a whole bunch of things so it's very hyper traditional so it should be very very well uh received because of that who brings a hula to a karate event professor gary lee best (laughs) i love it well god bless you tom now before i get the talking stick i want everybody to know i'm bringing my two uncles on in just a minute after we do a couple of commercials, and you'll get to hear from James D. Moore and my Uncle Jerry Smith, who we've been talking about earlier. So stay tuned, and we'll get to talking. That's over. Wolverine. Thank you, sir. I tell you what, it's been an informative uh, first half of the show, and uh, just like um, Professor Spellman was saying. Uh, you know, people would do due diligence to make sure that they are prepared for anything. This is a good topic uh, because the chaos in the United States is only going to ramp up. And not only are you going to need martial arts skills, but you're going to need strength and stamina also. Uh, so you need all three as, as well as, uh, you know, some survival skills and other things. Uh, but, yeah, this is a, this is a great topic. Uh, but at this time, we'll hit the sirens. And uh, we will start the advertisements and upcoming events portion 
and let you bring back on Mr. Spellman so he can tell about the Sport Karate webpage and uh, how people can access it and what all it has to offer. So the talking stick is back to you, sir. Thank you, Wolverine. Now, like I said earlier, Tom Spellman has really stepped up. He's created a webpage that when you go there, you can't wait to go back. We've added a treasures page of items that nobody, nobody has, has been donated to the museum of the movies and shakers that suddenly lost already, and some are still here. But with that said, I would like Professor Todd Stone to explain the webpage a little bit and how to get there. Tom, go ahead, buddy. Yes, sir. All right, thank you. Well, first and foremost, the Sport Karate Museum is honored to uh, go forward as it has for the last 30 years in, you know, uh, protecting um, Gary uh, Lee's vision for educating the public about the karate and its history here in the United States and throughout the world, and also to be able to protect uh, the integrity of uh, the martial arts through various different means. Um, we also are looking to inform and to uh, create opportunities for people to be able to be on the cutting edge of things that are going on in our martial arts community. Consequently, the, um, the website, which is at www.sportkaratemuseumarchives.com can be reached and then you know, there are pages, for instance, uh, later on uh, during the broadcast, we will uh, have an uh, explanation of the set VR uh, system and its wonderful, wonderful uh, opportunities that it gives martial artists for a variety of things. And we have a page set aside on the, the actual drop-down menu to find it quickly and easily with a button that will help you actually go to their website for more information and opportunities to acquire the information and be able to use it. Uh, we also have a page for coming events. And of course, one of the main coming events that are coming up besides you know, our October event uh, for the museum is the US uh, Action Martial Arts Film Festival from October 19th to the 22nd. And we will undoubtedly have uh, uh, Master uh, Lee go ahead or Professor Lee go ahead and talk about that with one of the individual's representatives from that particular. So you'll get more details in a moment, but you can find that in the upcoming and you'll be able to do the same thing with a button if you want to go ahead and purchase tickets and things. It'll take you right to the website. We also have a new place, which is the Treasures of the Sport Karate Museum, which is an incredible uh, opportunity to be able to show uh, pictures of uh, and information about uh, things that the um, museum has been granted um, the protection of and the opportunity to be able to share with the world through the pages of the treasures of the Fort Karate Museum page. We also have historical documentations, stories, and all kinds of other things that are in the house of Japan, Okinawa, Korea, <coughs> China, and America. And uh, we, you know, we have various other pages as well. So please go and uh, visit the Sport Karate Museum Archive.com page. Look at it, enjoy it, and if you're on a phone, you may have to go to the upper left-hand corner and find a four-line 
little button that you click on, and that will have a drop-down menu to make it easier unless you're on a computer, and then you get to enjoy it in a larger format. And um, But all the same information is available. So I pass the, uh, the, the talking stick back to you, Professor. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom, for that information. Now, before I bring on, well, I'm going to bring on the commercials, and then we'll bring on my two uncles. Well, the first thing I'd like to talk about is stepvr.app. This is virtual reality. Virtual reality has been around for 20 years. But what Dr. Reginald Lee, Rick Shanahan, and Marie Shanahan have done, it stepped up the game. They've created a hologram that will kiss your butt. And if you don't let it kiss your butt and you beat it, you get to go to the history general portals. There's a wisdom warrior that will take you to a gate, and the gate will open up, and you'll get to see the profile of a, America's martial artists, superstars, the people that changed the idea of what sport karate was. We have a full core group. We have a core group, and this group is not in any particular order. Mike Stone, the first superstar. Judge Roy Kerbin. Man, they brought the two-point kick rule to the world. George Minshew, the first man to give a gold ring in open competition. Chris Minshew, NBL world champion. And then Mike Dillard, the owner of Blackboard Magazine and the owner of Century Martial Arts, the largest martial arts manufacturer in the world. With this group, you'll get to see profile of how, who, when, and where they did what they did. And then every month, we're going to add a new history general. So eventually, all the history generals will be there. All the people that helped create more karate in America. And we're going to do that through set VR.app. So either go to the page that we created on the museum page, or you just go to Google. The search engine and type in S E T V R dot app. And weekly, we usually have Dr. Richard Leon, but this week he's off. And we'll bring him back next week. And with that said, it's Brooke there. Be there, Brooke. Tell him, Brooke, you go get some meat. <laughs> okay, this next person, a person, two men. Here and Leo, they've come into the Sport Crime Museum live. They are putting together the U.S. Martial Arts Film Festival, the first of its kind. And together, together they, are, they are sponsoring and celebrating, celebrating. for instance, 50 years, 50th anniversary of Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. Along with other fifty films, but some of my friends are going. Cynthia Rothrock, Don the Dragon Wilson, Ron Hall, Rick Avery, Mark Camacho, Eric Lee, just name a few: Chichu Lee, Billy Blake. An amazing group of artists. But I've got one of the co-hosts. So. Here are you there? Good evening, Professor. How are you? 
evening. Any updates on the festival? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned, you know, the things we're going to be doing that have been said already. Uh, you know, our tribute to 50 years of End of the Dragon, our, our plethora, our, our catalog of Bruce Lee films, and plethora of other films, both vintage and, and current. Uh, we have just... Uh, if you all are hearing it first, we will be having the presence of Mr. Uh, Fred Williamson, the Hammer, uh, is going to be joining wow. us for the event. So we're extra excited about that and looking forward to having a great deal of uh, insight from his long years in film and martial arts. Well, you also uh, hear you're, you're going to display Daniel Lopez's film. He's a great champion. He's a director now. And Dan Lopez called me yesterday that he's going to be in the film festival. Now, no doubt. You're going to, and, and you're going to be special for the museum. You're going to be donating. Yes, Go ahead and explain that. Yes, definitely. Most importantly, we are going to be donating um, portion of our proceeds from every uh, ticket sales for uh, four-day passes to the Sports Karate Museum and your incredible mission over there. We're very happy to do it. We're very glad to be able to partner with you on that and hope that everyone really comes in to allow us to uh, forward a number of funds your way to keep your mission going. Well, well, we appreciate your time and effort. And uh, with that said, I'd like to take over and give the hockey stick back over to the Wolverine. And I'll bring up my I'll bring down, Wolverine. Okay, yes, uh, it sounds good. Uh, glad to hear about all the upcoming events that we got. And, uh, Professor, so now it's time to bring on the last two voices uh, so you can do that segment, and then we'll, you know, continue on well, with the show. Well, when you say uncle in Hawaii, that means they're Ohana, the family. And these two men have become my family, as I like to introduce he is a writer and they can be brought up in Okinawa and Korean martial arts. He is someone very special to the museum. Because of him, we have a four-page layout in the Masters magazine last year with Judge Roy Kerman. But he is really an incredible man. I want to bring on my Uncle Jim, James Moore. Uncle Jim. Uncle Jim. I, I am here, Uncle Gary. Thank you for that introduction. Very nice. Well, <clears throat> tell me, Uncle Jim, technical technique. What would you do and how and why? And if you've ever been in a competition? Well, I'm happy to answer that. And uh, first of all, I, I've been MIA the last few weeks, uh, kind of a whirlwind few weeks, but it's so nice to hear everybody's voices and, and glad to be back. And especially uh, Uncle Jerry, who I haven't talked to in a while. So it's good to hear everybody's voices. The uh, Yes, I have been in real confrontations. Um, I grew up in a, a tough neighborhood uh, with a lot of bullies, and frankly, I wasn't the biggest guy. So I had to deal with that growing up. Um, this is a topic I could talk about for hours. Uh, it just, in fact, it relates to the, to the book I've been chipping away at writing here for, for quite a while. So it's a topic that's near and dear to me. Um, before I jump into the actual techniques, I just wanted to 
echo what others have said before, and that is in a confrontation, you do everything you can to avoid, avoid, avoid. There's uh, there's no upside to violence. There's just no upside to it. And uh, it's particularly important that, that you don't get your ego involved, if at all. Um, the uh, I, I'm a uh, I love quotes, and uh, some of my favorite quotes come from the TV series, the Kung Fu TV series that uh, aired many years ago. And uh, I'm going to just read one quote here because I think it sort of sums up the whole idea of trying to avoid. Uh, confrontations if you can and uh, Master Khan in the TV series he says uh, to uh, Kwai Chang Kang a student says ignore the insulting tongue duck the provoking blow run from the assault of the strong and his student says Kwai Chang Kang says are these not the actions of a coward and Master Khan says the wild boar runs from the tiger knowing that each being well-armed by nature with deadly strength may kill the other. Running, he saves his own life and that of the tiger. This is not cowardice. It is the love of life. So in summary, if you can, run, go home, get a glass of champagne, and uh, just avoid these confrontations as much as you can. Uh, Many of the confrontations I've been involved with, I was able to talk my way out of them. Thankfully, uh, one was a uh, train station in Milan, Italy. Uh, we were uh, myself and two of my fellow students at the time were on on our way to the south of France. And unfortunately, our train we had to connect in Milan, and our train to get there was very delayed. So when we got there, we missed the connecting train. We had to stay in the Milan train station that night. That's not a place you want to stay. And uh, I actually had a guy come up and pull a knife on me. And uh, fortunately, I spoke a little bit of Italian, or actually pretty good Italian at the time, because I'd been studying there. And uh, I wasn't so worried about him, which I probably should have been, but I was worried about 10 of his buddies that were in the back of this this uh, waiting room area that were watching this whole thing. And he was just trying to trying to intimidate me, but I couldn't run because I had two other co-students there, and they would not have been able to defend themselves. So fortunately, I was able to talk my way out of it. Another one was uh, New York City. I was there with uh, our daughter and my wife. Our daughter had gotten into NYU's film school, and uh, we were walking over to the to the school uh, late one afternoon, and some guy just came up to my side um, and started spitting at me and cussing at me. And I, I moved my daughter and wife to the other side of me. He was walking to the side of me. And and I at first thought was to just to hit it, if I had to, just uh, throw a back fist into his face. But he was loaded up with so much metal, I would have cut my hand if I'd done that. But I loaded up with a sidekick, so I was ready to go. We just kept walking, walking, walking. And I was loaded, ready, loaded up. If he made a move, I would hit him with a sidekick. Fortunately, he just finally kind of gave up and took off. I guess he figured he wasn't intimidating me enough. But the one incident that I wanted to mention where I actually did uh, use a technique, and that was at the Los Angeles uh, Jewelry Mart. Um, It was during the holidays, and uh, my wife and I hadn't yet married, but we decided to go to the Jewelry Mart to uh, pick up some Christmas gifts and so forth. And uh, we got to the this one corner, and we were waiting for the light to change so we could cross. And this uh, this young guy got very aggressive with me, and he was not a small guy; he was built like a linebacker. 
and he kept just intent, trying to intimidate me and badger me, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And uh, I just said, no, thanks. I mean, I, you know, we're just here to look around. We're not buying anything, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so the next thing I knew, he starts to reach around my head with his, his left arm. And he was inside my imaginary circle. And when someone's in the imaginary circle, when you may not be able to defend yourself, um, that's it. I'm done because that's too risky. He could have grabbed my neck, my head. He could have done anything. So I did a, I did a, an outside block uh, with a shuto with my hand open and I, with my, the palm of my hand toward my face. And I hooked him in that, that niche between the wrist and the thumb. And I just pushed his arms out, circled around, took my palm, and I put it into his left rib cage and the other, the other hand on his shoulder, on his right shoulder. Now, I really had a choice. I had to think very quickly because I could have, uh, instead of, I, I, when I struck him there, I could have either hit him with palm strikes to, to one to his rib cage and one to his heart rather than his shoulder. Or I could have made fists and done the same thing to attack those areas. Or I could just push him. And I decided it was middle of the day. I thought, you know, we could run. Um, and I just shoved the guy as hard as I could uh, back. It's a Shorunryu technique that, that, that I learned, uh, Okinawan karate, Shorunryu Okinawan karate technique. And uh, I shoved the guy back. And, oh, boy, did he cuss me out and called me everything under the book in the book. But he didn't get any closer to me, thank goodness. So I guess he knew that maybe I, I had some skills. And just at that point in time, the light changed. We bolted across the street, went into the jewelry mart, and uh, never saw the guy again. So that was the technique that I employed wow. uh, in that situation. Oh. And with, with that, I'll pass, pass back the talking stick. Well, thank you, James Moore. Now, this next, this next gentleman, I, I love introducing him. And he is... My Uncle Jerry Smith. He is Kelly Bond. He is the co-founder of the BKF. He is the president, reigning president of the BKF. He worked at Blackwell Magazine with Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee and Joe Lewis walked the halls. By the way, he trained with Joe Lewis from the early age. Now also trained in Okinawa. But you know what's really cool about him? He's been the bodyguard of many a celebrity, particularly one of my favorite celebrities, Ringo Starr of the Beatles. But he's one of the coolest men I've ever met, a mentor, someone that I spent at least three or four times of the week besides this radio show. And all we, we do is talk about fighting. I love it. He's a trainer champion. I want to bring him on right now. My Uncle Jerry Smith. Jerry? Yes, sir. Wow, I'm sorry. I'm keeping you up. I know it's past that time. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? I saved you because you and I, we do talk about fighting. I know that you've been in some hairy confrontations. And before you tell me yours, I'm going to tell you something that happened to me one time. You know, I used to play poker some shady places back in the 70s. And one night, I walked out with about a $1,000 in my pocket. And this guy came up to me, and he had like four guys with him. And I did what, what we talked about. I ran. And I didn't run because I thought I was going to get hurt. 
I ran because in my mind, I thought I hurt somebody. And when I ran, I ran to a brick wall where I couldn't go anywhere else. And I ran through these guys, and two of them were on the ground. The other ones just looked at me like, what the hell just happened to these other two guys? And that was my encounter. But tell me, Uncle Jerry, tell me what you've been through and what technique you would use. Well, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, Jerry. Uh, I've had a lot of experience in this kind of a thing. And what by that, I mean, I was, uh, when I came from back from Okinawa, I was stationed at Long Beach Naval Station. I was an MP, a military policeman. My job was to police the bars uh, in Long Beach. And this was during the war, so there was a lot of, sailor bars, there were Filipino bars, there were cowboy bars, there were all these bars. And the one thing all these bars had in common were sailors and marines. It was my job to, you know, to, uh, when they didn't get along or their fights broke out, I would have to take these uh, marines and sailors to the brig. Uh, I worked out of the brig on Terminal Island kind of an interesting name, Terminal Island. <laughs> but uh, uh, the one thing I want to say and make clear to everybody that there is uh, no such thing as a fair fight in a bar. A bar fight is a very, very dangerous place to be because a lot of the, a lot of the bar, usually there are people who frequent bars and a lot of, a lot of the same guys frequent bars. And uh, an outsider comes into the bar, you know, smiles at one of their girls, and there's a fight. And one of the things that they would do uh, in the Filipino bars is that they would start fake fights. If you were in the bar and uh, and maybe talking to one of their, their girls or something, they would uh, start a fake fight. And when the fake fight starts, all of a sudden, they would throw glasses. They would throw bottles. They would throw glasses. So you can get cut with a piece of cut glass. You can get, get hit. And uh, the funny thing it is, you may be there talking to somebody, and the person who's in the fight's not getting hurt at all. But all the broken bottles are coming toward you, being thrown at you. And I've had to fight myself out of bathrooms. I've had to, you know, being a military policeman, it was my job to corral these guys and take them to the brig. And, um, uh, so I just want to make sure that, so I found out, I found that after having that job, I finally worked my way up to a naval investigator where I wore uh, plain clothes and I was basically a bounty hunter. But when I was a military policeman, uh, I would uh, I would use anything I got my hands on to win a fight because in a bar, People come behind you. People come from left, right. So you have to be very careful. I'll use my feet, my kicks, to uh, not kicking high. Because you kick high, you can flip, you, especially in a bar because there's not a, a, a lot of room. I would use my kick to, to, for, for range. I would use anything I could get my hand on to strike, whether it be a bottle or anything else. Was, you know, I wasn't trying to be do perfect martial arts in a bar fight. Uh, I also would uh, 
hit the knee. But one of the things that I like to do, one of the techniques that I love the most was in karate competition, I had a very, very, very fast uh, back knuckle that was taught to me by world champion Joe Lewis. And I would use it with independent movement. And uh, what I would do is I would uh, check my range. I'd use my feet. And then I'd use my reach. I'd hyperextend. And I would uh, open my hand. So where my hand was, it would be in a, a spear hand. And I would just take a guy. I wasn't trying to, I was not trying to blind, blind the person, but I just wanted to stop them. So I would take one of the eyes. And it's so fast, they would never see it coming. They would never see it coming. And no matter how big the guy was, no matter what he was doing, I've never seen a guy, once he takes an eye poke, not grab his face and say, stop, wait a minute. Well, what uh, we call you as a dangerous, what we call you a very dangerous point fighter. (laughs) uh, 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 Yeah, well, I would would not use that in, in point fighting, but I would use it in bar fights. And uh, and it, and it never failed me. I, I, I my job was was actually apprehending people and taking them to the bridge. So I well, listen, well, I got you on the spot, Uncle Jerry. I want to ask you. You're being you're getting a tribute this year, October sixty seventh, in Easton, Texas. How do you feel about the Sport Karate Museum honoring your career, what you've done? Well, uh, since I'll be 76 in July, I'm an I'm an old guy now, and I am very humble. I have been lucky enough to uh, have uh, trained with some of the best martial artists on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. So the fact that Mike Stone is going to be there, uh, someone who I, I have quite a lot of affection for. I just, you know, I, I'm, I, and the fact that I would be honored, at, you know, in the same venue as Max Stone means everything to me. Just well, you know, I did everything. that on purpose. You understand that, right? <laughs> I did that on purpose. Well, with that said, thank you for being part of the voices, and thank you for allowing us to honor you this year in October. So God bless you guys. God bless all the voices. And I was okay. By the way, is Brett get on the line yet? Yes, I'm here. There you go. Let me wait. wait. David Chambers, where you at? I'm still here. I'm right here. Sir. Okay, good. Okay, Brett, I wanted to say something to you. You, you disappeared on me, big guy. I'll say it to you. Thank it you. It dropped off. I'm sorry. The beginning. You, it's a, listen to me. You've been with me for a long time, and now you're the official a liaison with the Sport Card Museum and helping create five-star rated events. And, you know, I want your little opinion on what the Sport Card Museum is for you and what it's done for you. Well, the Sport Karate Museum for me has been just like martial arts. It has been my life for almost 59 years um, with martial arts, but the Sport Karate Museum has really given me a, a growing opportunity to really um, come in contact with with the best of the best in martial arts, from from the legends all the way to the new students. And it's given me an opportunity to watch over the years to watch 
martial artists grow from being kids into awesome competitors. And I had the opportunity to witness that at, at, at DE's tournament here a few weeks ago in Houston. It was a great honor to be there and to present Jeff Doss with, um, with an award for winning the grands from somebody who a gold watched. watch, a gold watch, a gold dragon watch. And I've watched Jeff from grow from when he was a kid to to what he is now, an uh, awesome competitor and a champion. And um, it was quite a quite an honor for me. Well, thank you, Breck. And I, I want you to know that every other week, ladies and gentlemen, Breck Mills will be on the air with us, being helping me talk to some of these incredible people. So, Breck, I'll see you later, big guy. Talk to you soon. Okay, okay Professor. You thank bet. you. Now, with this said, I'd like to get the talking stick back over to the Wolverine. Yes, sir. So he can introduce the next thing. Well, Wolverine? Yep. Well, listen, big guy. Listen to me, big guy. Bradley Cousin Eddie is a little under the weather tonight, and he asked me to take his place. So, Wolverine. Here it is, big guy. Tonight's topic. What is real as a weapon in a street fight? A knife? A gun? A baseball bat? Brass knuckles? Broken glass bottle? Big stick? Sunchuck? Those scars dipped in poison? Jim back. Human body? T.I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, Professor, you got me in trouble with some ninjas one time, and they said they was going to give me a Big Mac, and I've not ever got a Big Mac. I, I don't know. That's okay. That's okay. Um, you know what? In in a in a real fight, you know, any of the weapons above, except for Big Macs or Dim Macs or whatever, you know, um, but any of those weapons, you know, can become are, you know, potential to cause severe harm, paralysis, death. So it just depends on, you know, who's wielding what weapon. You know, um you know, if 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 somebody is you know, pulls one of those on you, it depends on what you would, you know, want to use back. So every each weapon would have to be dealt with differently. So, you know, it, and all of them, you know, are used in the street. I mean, I just uh few weeks ago we i took a machete off a guy outside at, over next to our business at the gas station i mean you know people will use anything um so any of those weapons are real in a in a street fight it just depends on you know whether the person that has it can actually do anything with it or whether they just have it and you know you're going to be able to take advantage of uh you know taking it away now I tell people all the time, yes. You know, Wolverine, 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 you know what? You know, I re- I remember something that I think Mr. Ed Parker invented a few words. My body is my weapon. And the way that I see it is your arm and your fist are short-range yes. weapons and your legs right. is long-range weapons. And then you got your psychological weapon, and that psychological weapon is thinking and like what Uncle Jerry talks about, independent movement. And when you're trained, a street fighter, he might be able to pick up any of those other weapons. But if your body is trained to teach 
how that person can learn to be hit in a part of his body he's never felt pain before. He'll right. never forget. And, and that's what we say. The wrong person. Right. And that's what I mean, we say. Make I'm your coming. make your opponent, I'm make your, from, your enemy, you know, expose yeah. their intentions. And then, you know, you've made your threat assessment. And then maximum damage, minimum effort. Um, you need to do what works and what works quickly because when you're dealing with somebody with a weapon, you don't want to, uh, you know, have to deal with it for a second time because you made a mislick. That's why the body must be able to move in all directions at any time, and your attack should be felt, not seen. So, you know, with that being said, that's that's just the way you have to deal with with any of those weapons uh, that you're dealt with, and. That's why it's very, very important to train daily and work on your skills to keep, you know, to keep you in maximum, you know, order and keep everything going the way it needs to go. You don't want to, uh, you know, have your weapon laying out in the rain if you have a firearm and not ever clean it and then go to grab it and need it, your body is the same way. You need to always be working, preparing, and keeping your body, you know, at optimal performance, maximum performance levels, uh, not only with your nutrition but with your your workouts, your cardio and conditioning, so that when you are faced with a weapon, you can make a choice quickly and act on it quickly because what a lot of people don't realize is uh having low cardio and not being in shape does not only just affect your body but it affects your brain and it makes your thinking process slower and where there's slow thought there's hesitation and where there's hesitation there's a chance for you to be severely injured or killed um so that's why people need to always make sure that they're doing all the above you know you know, Wolverine, you know, I remember, you know, Wolverine, I remember, I remember going to a seminar with the great founder of the USK, Mr. Robert Trio, and he put his hand inside of his jacket, and he said, what am I have? And someone says, a fifth, a second. And he says, no, and he brought out a rich hand. He did it again. This time right. he brought in a one-knuckle fifth. In right. other words, hide your weapon. Never let people see what you right. got. So if it does have to come out, it's very dangerous. And with that said. And on Wolverine I'm Nation, you can say kill because that's what you got to do. And, you know, what I tell my guys is keep your weapons clean, concealed, and ready to deploy. You know, but you have to have well, – the reason I say that word, Professor, is because you have to have that mindset. If it's a life or death situation, you don't have time to uh, think about it and make those decisions. You already need to have that decision made when you have to cross that bridge. Well, Wolverine, 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 I got to tell you, I got to tell you a real quick story that's funny as hell. You know I trained with Mako for 22 years as my sword instructor, and he would call me up sometimes. And one night he called me up. He says, Gary, you got to quit using that word kill. You got to be softer. So use the word destroy. They stop. They say right. Right. Well, you know, that's good. Softer. It works good for that's you. But, you know, when your nickname's Wolverine, softer's that's not the image. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's a great show, and, I know, and yeah, I know. it's a it's it's a good time, and so it's time now for you to bring the the guest back on and and finish your interview. It's it's going great, so you got time for the legend's name game. Super, super. Hey, David, are you there, big guy? David, are you there? 
Yeah, I'm still here. David Price. Okay, big yes, guy. Sir. We're going to play the Legends Day game where I'll say a name and you get to talk about it for a couple minutes. Okay? Just say someone I know. You ready? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to say somebody you don't know. You ready? Go ahead. Okay. Chuck Norris. Yes, I know Chuck. I know Carlos. Well, let's talk five for two minutes. Go ahead. My experience with Carlos is through Bob Wall. And uh, I met Carlos in his office when, uh, when he used to come down and uh, uh, and visit us at, at, at Bob Wall's office there in Tarzana, California. And one of the best experiences I have with Carlos is one time he said, let's go down and have lunch. So we went down to a little restaurant right below on the bottom floor of Bob Wall's establishment. And we're sitting there. He ordered his food, and all of a sudden, the place got packed with people. And I looked at Bob. We're supposed to go to a movie, and and uh, I looked at, at at Carlos, and he was sitting there, and his wife was sitting there, and uh, his kids, and he were looking at all these people walking up, and they all have their pictures out. You know, the funny thing is he didn't take one bite of his food, but he sat there for a good 20, 30 minutes, you know, signing autographs. And I looked at him and I said to myself, now, that is a person that I have to give a lot of respect to because he did something yeah. that it wasn't about the food. It wasn't about him having – he just took the time to do that. Then he got up and politely says, I'm sorry, but I got to go. I have an appointment. And – uh Took his family and left, but I, cool. I'll never forget. Okay, I got, I got another one for you, big guy. My dear friend, rest in peace, Leo Fong. I know I don't know Leo Fong really well. I've met him um, also through Bob Wall when he came when he used to come into the office. I met a student; he's one of his top students, and uh, he would come in and and uh, with Leo and. You know, we sat down and talked, and he was a very interesting yeah. man. But I don't really know him that well, to be honest with you. But you can okay, go ahead I know somebody you did know that you worked with, Adam James, the actor. Adam James. Are you talking about Leo Fong? Yes. Huh? Yeah, I know Adam. Did very yeah, You worked with Adam, Adam at World Wide correct? Yes. Yeah, he took my position when I left. And I took off uh, to go back into the martial art world and start teaching again. And uh, I decided that it was time for me to leave the the establishment in 2003. And I got caught up into, you know, promoting and, you know, teaching again and martial arts and Muay Thai and kickboxing. Boxing, I kept, okay. I kept going. Did you ever read Gene LaBelle? How about Gene Jean LaBelle? La Oh God, yes, I know Jim LaBelle. Yes, I do. He was a very interesting man. He used to like to grab me and put me in arm locks. <laughs> I, every time yeah, he saw me, he said, hey, let me let me show you what it's like to twist your nose and, and twist your head. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. yes, I know Jim. Well, you know what? On the, on the treasures page, the last commercial that Inside Kung Fu Magazine did. Was with me and Gene LaBelle, and God bless Tom Stover for putting it there. 
Listen, David, thank you for being on the show tonight. And thank, thank you, you for so experiencing much. the legends. And I'm looking forward uh, to you talking about my dear friend Bob Wall in October. And, uh, you know, you're one of the good guys, David. And you've helped a lot of people. And you're helping me. And you're helping the Sport Crime Museum. And with that said, I'd like to give the talk to Shake back over to the wolf. All right, Professor. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. That was a that was a great interview. Well, I believe the show's getting better. Oh, I, I I definitely think so. You know, and uh, I think it. You know, it just keeps getting uh, better, and and you know, it's it's staying interesting and staying upbeat, and that's the way we like it. And uh, it's keeping America informed, and it's doing what you said you wanted to do, which is, and what you were born to do, which is uh, protect the history one warrior at a time. And that's what's going on on here. And you know, with the people you've got put together, the voices, and everything you got going on, everything's just looking up. Well, thank you, Wolverine. Now, listen to my listeners. How they get to listen to Mister Minshew's show? Last week. Oh, going in. Uh, Mr. Minshew's show, I think, will air tomorrow because of Memorial Day. Everything got pushed back one day, so it'll come up tomorrow. Uh, so that yeah, sure. they'll be able to listen tomorrow, and they'll be able to go to the Ashada, uh thing. And and like I say, it's on. It'll be on Spotify and um, you know all those uh, Apple Music and all those other things. So. Uh, they'll be able to listen to it on their favorite yep, listening sure. platform. Yeah, we're on, I think it is, 29. Now, Wolverine, I can't, I can't end the show. Wolverine, I can't end the show without asking you because I've gotten a lot of emails since last week. You're coming to Houston, not on Jerry Smith and Kennedy Urban, but you've got a seminar on Friday. What are you going to be able to teach if I come to your bar? Well, well, we're doing what we do uh, here and on base. We'll be teaching tactical combatives. And there's a big difference in tactical and technical. And, uh, you know, what? like I always say, when you're when you're in a fight and it's for keeps and there's no trophy on the line, uh, you know, your your combative skills need to be tactical, not technical. And it may not be the prettiest, but it's going to be what's going to be the most deadly, and it's going to work, and it's going to do maximum damage to your AC, as we call it, your aggressive combatant, and, you know, neutralize that threat instantly because you don't want to have to uh, continue. Look, you you definitely don't want a John Wick or a, a Jason Bourne scenario where you have to fight the same dude five times, uh, you know, in a, yeah. in a fight on the street. You, the, you need to make well, sure that they're ended worry. quickly. Let me yes. tell you, Wolverine, Bradley Cousin Eddie is going crazy. He can't wait to be there to see and meet you and get your autograph. So, you know, you're also going to be doing, we got we got the booth for The Coward. Tell us where we're at with The Coward and the movies that you're doing. You're also going to do the movie at the museum, but tell us where you're at right now with The Coward. Yeah, well, we're actually doing some rewrites because, you know, we had uh, Michael D. Pasquale pass away, and he was a big part of the movie. And also, um, you know, we lost Alan Kelly not not 
in the sense of him passing away, but for the movie, um, he will still be involved with the movie and he's in there, but because of his, uh, cancer and all he's he's not going to be in there so we're having to do a lot of rewrites and and maybe go back and film some other you know redo some refilming and things of that nature so we're adding in some other cast members uh to take their place and then we'll go back to filming and uh, finish that up like i said before we're not in any hurry uh to to film it because we want to make it the best film possible and uh, make it enjoyable for everybody. Uh, you know, we are filming this with uh, the Red Dragon 8K cameras uh, our film studio has. And, um, you know, we're doing the hit, the sport karate movie. We'll be doing that. We have to do a lot of writing and uh, editing to start making a script out of a lot of the stuff that we're doing. So that's going to take some time uh, to do. Um, and then also we're working on a couple other projects uh, as we speak, we won't mention their names, but uh, we're we're actually working on a couple projects um, that'll be wrapping up, and uh, some of them just starting filming. So, um, you know, we got all that to do, along with doing the radio shows. And then our number one thing is public safety and safety of our troops, and um, you know, our students. So uh, that's our number one goal: is to make sure that everybody's uh, you know got the maximum training that they can do, and, and we do a lot of stuff here besides, you know, I mean, when we say we're teaching tactical combatives, we train people in survival skills, firearms, blunt-bladed objects, uh, the whole nine yards. Um, so we prepare them for, you know, uh, life, as you would, or, or reality of, uh, in, you know, a, in other words, what would Wolverine, you're the real deal. You're the real deal. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't play. Now, yeah, you're also yes, sir, putting together you. a packing. You put together a package for the auction, and J.B. Caston will be the auctioneer with a, a what is it, a coward poster, a CD. Uh, we got se- yeah, we got several things that'll be that'll be going in there, so they'll have a little packet with with stuff. Uh, so Jamie That's can cool. So we'll auction can that do what off. Jamie does. You'll autograph everything. You got to shoot autograph everything because you're becoming yeah. famous. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we have a lot of uh, pro- movie producers and stuff we work with, and, uh, you know, they always tell me, you got to act like a star. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm just a redneck that could fight good, and it made it got me a lot of publicity. So, uh, you know, that's, that's all. I, I'm just going to be what I am. So, um, yeah, so we'll make sure we sign everything up for you and, uh, you know, get that get that where you can – uh, auction it off and hopefully you know make some money I, maybe people might pay you know a couple bucks for that uh you know you can start to bid out real low like at a couple pennies work it up you might get two dollars time he gets done well you're that doing one more thing before we get off the air you're doing one more thing from my uncle jerry smith it's called a yes. haka explain to yes. people what a haka is uh, haka is fiery words, and, you know, it was created by the New Zealanders, and the Hawaiians adopted it. It was used to, you know, ward off or scare off, uh, in, you know, would-be invaders to the island. And now it's used not only for that uh, as intimidation purposes, but it's also used as a uh, to honor warriors. Uh, when it's done for a warrior, it's done in their honor, and it's done to honor a warrior. So... Uh, yeah, we'll be doing that also. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now, you're doing one last thing. You, Colonel Torres, 
and my uncle Paris Kelly are going to be telling people what they might be in the Marine for Uncle Jerry Smith. Are you excited about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all excited about that, yeah. Yeah, we're all excited about cool. it, you know, and, cool. and especially with, with the way the country is right now, people need to understand that they need to show, uh, you know, the soldiers respect. And it's really disappointing what happened out in California uh, with those Marines. But, you know, I try to tell people all the time that the world has got to be to where there's no consequences for certain groups of people. So they feel emboldened to do anything. And that's why this show was a good show because you have to already have that mindset made up that you're willing to do maximum damage to somebody and in your word destroy uh meaning in that uh situation because people are crazy and they don't understand and they attack in mobs and groups and that's why you know a uh, traditional type mindset or traditional type fighting is not going to work in that scenario and you have to injure people severely unfortunately uh you know to get to get the job done and you know it's really sad because the guy the marine on the subway thing you know he's just trying to protect people and you know it's it's very sad that you know the country turns people that are trying to be heroes and do the right things into the bad guys and it's going to come back on the country unfortunately and uh all the uh you know the whining and crying uh that's went on is going to is going to cost and it's going to cost the country unfortunately dearly and a lot of people that are innocent bystanders are going to be harmed in in that wake and it's it's sad what's going on with the country today. It, the country needs a lot of prayers, well, God, you know, God, God and warriors. We got Wolverine. Well, God bless. We got guys like you that really care, and people uh, surrounding you that care. And you know what? Next week is going to be a great show. We're going to be talking to Kali Bum, Uncle Jerry Smith, and his five level method about fighting. And that's awesome. be a great show because you're a great fighter too. And fighters awesome. to get together, sparks fly. And we're going to have a good time next Oh, week. yeah. And I want to thank you, Wolverine, for putting the voices together and the and the commercial people that are together and just being able to put together the idea of monitoring for karate. Because we were all influenced by the Orientals, Japan, Korea, China. Okinawa, but sport karate was born in America, and you're allowing us to express it and teach people that history. And I want to thank you and Justin and your crew that puts this show together. So with that said, God bless you, Wolverine. Oh, wow. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Yes, Nahade. I love it. Yes. Nahade. I'm learning it. I'm learning it. The hot You're doing good. And much mahalo and aloha. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.